0: Welcome to the Truth of the Matter is podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, alongside Jonathan, and we are back for episode number 116. First and foremost, let's give a round of applause to all of our new and consistent listeners.
1: We thank you and hope that you continue to press play when it's convenient for you. So welcome back, Daniel. How are you?
0: Glad to be back. You know, I decided to not share the atrocity that happened to me a couple of weeks ago, but um, it's good to be back on the podcast.
1: All right. Well, that sounds great. I appreciate you coming to your senses.
0: Do you feel relieved at all?
1: Not at all. Why should I feel relieved at
0: you know, like I said, I'm going to stick to my word. I'm a man of my word. I said, I'm not going to say anything. So I'm not going to double back and, uh, you know, hit the U-turn and say what I was going to say. But I think we should dive right into prayer to help cleanse the air. There's a little tension, don't you feel it?
1: Yeah, sounds good. We could do that. No problem at all. Father God, in Jesus name, before each and every one of us were born, Lord you knew life would be full of ups and downs, twists and turns, good and bad experiences, and yet you believed that we could handle it. Of course, Lord, I'm speaking about what transpired with Adam disobeying you and allowing sin to enter. You knew that all of us will be going to be actually be born into a condition and yet you know we can handle it. Yes, everyone listening to the sound of my voice, God believes that you can handle it. How do I know? What would the scriptures say? No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. and He would not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he would also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So Lord, you understood the difficulties ahead of time. You warned us while we also went through things. The important thing is we should be standing by the fact that these experiences have made us better, Lord. You knew that these trials will develop our character and shape us into people who will be known as overcomers. You knew all of it, and yet, because we didn't know our end, we know that you know it, and therefore, we ought to trust in you, Lord. With that being said, Lord, open up our eyes to see our ears, to hear our hearts, to receive today as we have a discussion about your word. Bless us, guide us, direct us, to arrive at a better place of understanding And Lord we say this in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen So continuing with the Gospel of Matthew series Of course again welcome back Daniel Greatly appreciate it. We're going to look at the text of Matthew chapter 6 Verses 25-34 in the English Standard
0: Version Therefore I tell you Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the days is its own trouble.
1: Beautiful job, Daniel. Well done. So I believe today is going to bring about an interesting conversation. I actually envisioned that before we got started. So let's hope I'm right. So let's begin with verse 25. It says, Therefore, I tell you. do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So to begin this conversation, let's begin by
0: defining anxious. Anxious means to be worried, full of mental distress or Uneasiness because of fear of danger or misfortune, a sort of apprehensive.
1: All right, very good. So Jesus says we shouldn't be anxious about life. We shouldn't be anxious about life. The question is, why does He tell us this to begin? Well, if Jesus is who we believe He is—the Savior, the One who cares about us, who died on the cross—we know that He actually cares about the believer and also the unbeliever for those who don't believe that he actually cares about the unbeliever because he died for you died for all people and i believe he's explaining himself in this way specifically he points out what we shouldn't be anxious about in life so he dresses he's addressing certain aspects of in scripture he begins by talking about what we shouldn't be anxious about and that is what we eat what we drink And what we wear. So let's talk about appearances. We live in a time where many people believe clothes along with specific name brands matter. So let's unpack that. Let's speak about the name brands of clothes first. Nike has been around for a long time and we know that it's top notch. And the slogan has been, just do it. Just do it. A new brand, a new name brand that came along was Under Armour. And its slogan is The Only Way is Through. I remember wearing Under Armour in high school. It was pretty interesting when it first came out. Adidas has been up there in terms of popularity for quite some time, also growing. And its slogan is Impossible is nothing. And living in our current and present time period, people Have worried about the name brands and their value. Why? Well, because people seem to care more about the public opinion. And they care about it much more than we think. The reason, I don't know. It seems as if you could win the vote of public opinion if you believe that's something. I haven't figured it out. What do you think, Dane? What do you think about this desire to win over the hearts and minds of the public when it comes to certain
0: things? Well, the majority of people care about others' opinion, right? And, you know, clothing can be used as a status symbol. It can also be used as a shield sometimes to deliver a certain type of image. Or it also can be used in a positive light where it's people want to express themselves and their personality is
2: inside of their clothes. So. I don't know. Clothing has always been like a thing where it could be used for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Like it's okay. very always good. a
0: double-edged sword.
2: Alright, very good.
1: Yeah, there seems to be value in what others will say and that ch- tends to dictate what people put on unfortunately. So there's a, this argument for quality. Now, this argument for quality can be reasonable and can make sense because there's value in a dollar and how you spend it, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, when it comes to certain items that we purchase, we want them to last longer. And unfortunately... And then, you know,
0: also, sometimes these more uh, expensive brands also have more comfort as well. I know that's the case for sneakers sometimes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now there was a point in time that I spoke to you about the value of technology and you actually gave me a legit breakdown of the differences in your experience when it came to the uses of these certain things. Right. I believe your analysis and your responses were fair. And actually made a lot of sense. When you come to think about it, this is very similar. The only difference is, obviously, the topic of discussion is closed, but it still points to the value of quality over quantity. So do you remember that story when we were having a conversation about the headsets and you actually gave me a good perspective? I think it's quite important that we should mention again for context here. So I believe you had a series of different headsets that you used, and you talked about what you learned from it. So if you don't mind, can we re- can we actually revisit that?
0: Yeah. So for different headsets or headphones, if we're if we're gonna talk about headsets, headsets, we're talking about like gaming headsets. So you have like ones that are made. Let's let's start with the ones that are like really cheap. So there's something you can probably find at like a Family Dollar, a nine nine cent store but it's still applicable to whatever gaming console or PC system you're using. So these tend to, you know, do the basic function of, you know, it's, you can hear and you can talk, right? But the build quality of that set would be really thin, it will be really cheap, it's easily broken. They don't really last all that long, no matter how well you take care of them, right? But then you can move a tier up and let's say, you get like the default one that comes with or it's like stock or standard to whatever gaming console or pc console so it's like an entry level kind of thing and that's going to be the same thing it's going to add that hard plastic build to it you're going to be able to talk the mic might not be the greatest on it and the headphones the sound quality of it won't be all that great but then you move into like a mid-tier headset where it would be okay it has like 7.1 uh surround sound or it can generate that with like a a different type of dial usb port on it and the mic quality might go up the build quality may go up significant it's harder to break but it still won't be like the top of the line sort of thing and then you get like features like wireless and a whole bunch of other stuff or other different properties, like the higher the tier of the headset becomes. And then if you have like people who are audiophiles, then these type of uh, headsets are like everything is top notch. Uh, It'll be like both kind of speakers or it'll be closed back, open back. Uh, Basically there's a whole bunch of different uh, features you can get the higher and more money that you spend. And the less likely these things are to break The better the ceiling is around your ears, the more comfortable they are, the harder it is for it to break and, you know, et cetera, et cetera,
1: et cetera. All right. Very good. So, yeah, that was something that you learned over experience wise, the difference in the quality of it. And because you're a gamer and use it for multiple different facets, technology wise, there's a need and a responsibility to get something that is durable and lasting. Right. So. Because it's used often, you don't want to get something that if you're not invested in it, it actually shows this worn downness and has no substance of value to you anymore. So I can completely understand that. Now, I want to introduce something. I want to share this as well. There was a term that was used and is still used for people who worry at nauseum about items. And it was brought up to my attention in high school. And it's called superficial, right? So a person can be superficial when it comes to the lifestyle that they're choosing to live or they have a desire to live. Now, for those who don't know, a superficial person doesn't care about things other than status, material objects, physical appearances, and the like. Something they mentioned earlier. Again, superficial people really care about just status, material objects, physical appearances. And the like now, to categorize everyone as the same would be would actually be irresponsible to characterize everybody as the same would be irresponsible to say everyone is superficial and then follow up by placing them under the same umbrella would be quite frankly moronic, so we won't engage in that foolishness. What we can say, however, is that people have a lot of love for different things. Again, Daniel mentioned that earlier. They have love for clothes due to the component of fashion. That's respectable. People do have a love for nice things. And in most cases, and if you're really thinking about it, some are simply just living under their means, which means, in other words, they're acting their wage. Now, while the world considers these things to be normal, I believe you could see it that way. And another way you can look at it is that these sense of topics of discussion actually don't provide purpose and fulfillment in most of our lives, right? So back to what Jesus asks, which profoundly I think is important. And he asks this question, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And I believe that's a fair question to ask. You know, looking back on my childhood, there's actually a personal story that I would like to tell people about. I think it be instrumental to furthering the point that we've already established here when it comes to what people think. And I'm not ashamed to share this story because it was once this event happened in my life. It changed my perspective of how I saw myself and what I wanted to do moving forward and how it set the stage for my identity. Basically, I used to go to school in Spanish Harlem. I would travel from Brooklyn all the way to Spanish Harlem, and it was an interesting process because I got the opportunity to learn the subway. I got the opportunity to travel each and every morning. I got the opportunity to see what the other boroughs have to offer through the transportation system. And once I got up to the school, it was a univer. It was actually a school that was uniformed base, Monday through Thursday, and then they implemented something called Dressed Out Friday. And we see a lot of that now kind of gives people the opportunity to wear something different on the last day before we enter the weekend. Greatly appreciate that. And it was at this time that once I entered the school, you know, growing up, I started getting picked on and I started getting picked on because at least growing up, our values were much more placed in other things like music. I would have to say one of the most things I'm proud of about our parents is that they had a well balance of music. My dad was jazz, classical. Our mom was the love ballads, the oldies, all the music that people listened to from the 70s all the way up to about the 90s. We were well-versed in, and we had a great appreciation for the arts. It's also implemented in us that we played instruments. I thought it was pretty cool now when it came to clothing we didn't have much knowledge about it we just selected and picked up what we liked and when i entered that space in that environment i was getting teased and i had a hard time understanding why didn't make sense to me and it got to the point that it got so bad that i plotted that when my birthday would come up i would actually purchase And I asked my dad to get me all of the clothes that were in style at the time. So we've actually, we obviously moved into a new transition. But at the time, South Pole was a huge brand. Sean John was a huge brand. Rockaway was a huge brand, Adidas. And I remember asking my dad and my mom, they took me to the store. I purchased these things and I was super excited that once I got back to school, specifically Friday, I will wear these things and I believe they will stop picking on me. And even invite me to be friends with them. What ended up transpiring is I went to school that day and they acknowledged, they classified me as a person that looked fresh. And I felt good about myself. And this went on for about two weeks. And unfortunately, after the two weeks was up, they found something else to pick on me about. And I went through a hard period of time in my life where I was trying to find answers to why this happened to me and what kind of substance would this bring about? And I realized moving forward, you know, a lot of these kids, you know, they weren't as well-versed in the music that I had. They weren't as well-versed in having full course meals. But at the time, obviously, why express the truth when a lie is more entertaining? And this was actually what was more entertaining for the people. So what this taught me is that I could have gotten something else for my birthday that satisfied me instead of satisfying the crowd. And in this case, these were my classmates, these were the people I went to school with every day. So moving forward, I made a decision consciously to get what I want, what I desire, what I care about and to care less about the in crowd and what people have to say and. It helped me tremendously when I got to high school, helped me tremendously when I got to college. And once you get to college, you are around a diversity amount of people where none of that stuff matters. And you start to see that there are a lot of people that don't place their values in clothes, but they place their value in education and other components about life that matters. And a lot of it is included in their hobbies and a lot of it is included in what they want to be in life. And if you actually watch a lot of people who do have money, they don't wear it on their backside. For whatever reason, in our own community, we get this sense of this desire that if we wear fancy and amazing things, again, we can swing the vote to believe that we're cool and that we're successful in life. And that was easily debunked. And now to this very day, I wear things that are affordable, things that I like. And even the plus size community are finding ways to wear things that are affordable that actually line up exactly with a lot of the expensive things and still be able to pull those outfits out. So this was instrumental in finding who I was, not getting lost in the fluff, being myself. And it's prepared me for life and everything else now that the interest that I seek is my own and not the pleasing of others. And that was definitely an important aspect of my life character wise. Is so anything you want to add, Daniel, say? Comment?
0: No, I think the story in yourself is powerful.
1: Hmm. Just out of curiosity,
2: you know, did you go through any experience like that, or not necessarily? Um, I think, like, seventh and
0: eighth grade. No, it was seventh and sixth grade. Uh my shoes in like middle school Mm. they were saying like uh they made like a song about it like uh, wax your church shoes every sunday or something like that but not really to be honest well i didn't really care about stuff like that and then i guess because you guys went through it earlier than i did i didn't really have to worry about stuff like that
1: yeah, I think the fancy thing was ACGs at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it
0: was, like, the shoes was really, like, the biggest deal. But most of the time, I'm, like, really good at verbal comebacks. So that didn't last too long.
1: Mm. Remember Daddy was <laughs> so big on the Clarks. He's like, these are Clarks. What are you talking about? <laughs> And it's funny
0: because there's nothing wrong with, like, Clarks with, like, certain shoes. And you know what I noticed, too, about when people try to bully you? Um... If you were very non reactional to stuff like that, or people saw you didn't care um they just kind of left you alone but i was one I was always like i don't want to say i'm not popular, but I wasn't nerd either, so I was always just good with everybody for the most part. The times I wasn't you know it ended up in fights, so yeah
1: I would say the the bullying thing is taken a serious. Twist now, where I hear any form of bullying is not only is it not un, not only is it unacceptable, but they are expelling kids for bullying. Because obviously, and on time, we saw it as a way of development of character and improvement. But now, is none of that is acceptable. Any form of slander, it's considered a huge issue, and it's definitely lined up for you being expelled. All right, uh, cool.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh.
1: It's a, sure. yeah. <laughs> adults, it's a big thing now. So, yeah. Even now as adults is a big thing.
0: I I do think it builds character. Yeah. Sometimes it, it, it did. It yeah. did, yeah. It builds character. Just get over it. I
1: don't know. But now these people,
0: man, they, they don't think it does in any aspect. So any yeah, any I form mean, of Nobody statement should now. just be bothered for no reason. I agree with that, but uh-huh. I don't know. Old school.
1: Okay. Let's move on. Let's discuss verse twenty six.
0: Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So I want to preface my confidence by saying
1: how nature is very important. In fact, in college I took a philosophy course called Philosophy of the Environment. Really interesting stuff there. You know, I want to be clear here too, right? Human beings are distinctly different. From nature. I believe we can be better when it comes to how we should treat our environment. However, remember this, right? This is based on scripture. We were created in the image of God. So let's go to Genesis chapter one, verse 27, Genesis chapter one, verse 27. And we're going to look at this in the new King James
0: version. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them.
1: Very good. So because we were created in the image of God, the Amago day it's rather of importance that we all should be treated with dignity and respect because we all bear the image of God. Scripture says we were created for several reasons. To keep it simple, let's just... Unpack and cover two reasons. Reason number one let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and this is what it says
0: For well, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do.
1: And reason number two can be found in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 21, which says,
0: I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. As a side note,
1: the language we have here, the choice of language matters. And that is, God does not want us to worship him forcefully. In fact, it's our choice to have reverence, respect, honor, and glory for what he's done on our behalf. As I stated all as I stated earlier, Christ died on the cross for us, and as a result,
2: we can either acknowledge it or ignore it. Back to the main point. God created us to reflect
1: Himself. It's important that we know our value as much more than nature itself. Now we elect not to worship God. We see this verse in Scripture. Let's go to the gospel of luke chapter 19 and we're going to be verses 38 through 40 in the english standard version and this is what the scripture says
0: blessed is the king who comes in the name of the lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest and some of the pharisees in the crowd said to him teacher rebuke your disciples he answered i tell you if these were silent The very stones will cry out. So as you can see,
1: God will get praise, glory, and honor either from us
2: willfully or from nature.
1: What we have in common with nature is we were both formed and created by God. Therefore, understand this. If God takes care of nature, he will most definitely take care of you. Again, if God takes care of nature, you can almost guarantee that he will most definitely take care of you. Now, what makes us different from nature is on several fronts. Our ability to reason. The access that we have in free will to either choose him or reject him. And the ability to reflect. Now, reflection indeed is a powerful thing because... I've learned that life can only be lived forward, and understood backwards. I Understood that life can only be lived forward and understood backwards; hence, the importance for reflection. Now, if life only can now if life can only be lived forward, and understood backwards, it is important that we have a need for reflection which is what makes us different, which is what allows us to repent, which is what allows us to do things that can change into what God has called us. It's more than just the dust of the earth, but it's those who were called to do good works. God called us to do good works, and as a result of that,
2: that's what makes us different and much more valuable. Let's unpack verse 27. And what did you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his or
0: her lifespan? I remember when I read this verse and how interesting this was.
1: So I realized that there's a huge difference between worrying, which is being anxious, and having concerns. Shameless plug here. Check out episode 23 in the archives where we, myself and Daniel, Discuss what it's like to handle concerns. We hope that it can bless you. But a quick overview is this. We believe that by worrying, you really can't change much. But by having concerns, it gives you the platform and the opportunity to make changes. So I'll give you some examples. Let's say you get fired. But based on the contract that you agree to, you get paid up to a month. This shouldn't be viewed as a worry or concern because now you can make the adjustment to look for work elsewhere by being
2: guaranteed a month's wage worth. Another example is having plenty of monies in the savings and your car breaking down. It's not a period of time where you should
1: worry. Because God has blessed you and gave you the insight, the foreknowledge to save money, which gives you the opportunity to then pull from that source to
2: then get the car fixed. The issue of worry comes in where you realize that when
1: things start to occur, there wasn't any preparation taking place in order to address things. You've been told things ahead of time. You don't prepare and then you start to worry
2: and rightly so.
1: You're worrying because you haven't prepared for the moment that has arrived. Great example is that being told you have to write a paper and be given three months and you don't start working on it to the night of you have every right to be worried. Why? Because, you know, not only Is there a high possibility that you you won't produce something up to your standards, but you sort of messed around until that point? And I know there are some people, at least in my college experience, that produce the best work under pressure. But if we're looking at this from a large spectrum sample, it's not the most optimistic way to approach things. So, in order to get better at looking at life with concerns and not worries is to do the best that you can in terms of your preparation. And also the things you can't control. Be mindful who God is. Quick example of this is when the disciples were in the boat with Jesus, they forgot who they were with. And when the winds got out of control, they pleaded with Jesus and woke him up. Not only did he silence, the seas, but they forgot who they were in the boat with. They forgot that Jesus had the capabilities of doing such things. Silas in a sea, when things looked like it was going to get real complex. So that's the example, short version of addressing and coming to a place of dealing with concerns and not worries. Worries is completely ignoring the warnings and then really getting anxious about what's about to occur because you've done nothing for preparation and concerns leaves enough room to make minor adjustments and plan ahead so that you can take the blow, whatever and however life deals you it. Now, I want to address this verse in Matthew is interesting, so I want you to follow me here. Jesus said not to be anxious about life because, for one, life is meant to be challenging, which means it's just like what I said in our prayer today before we begin. Life is full of ups and downs, twists and turns, good and bad experiences. The goal, however, is to remain even killed, meaning work on the progressively being steady. You wanna work progressively being steady without any sudden changes in your mindset and what you're aware of. The phrase slow and steady just means that you have the ability to win the race. Now we know that the turtle is given that in the analogy that because the turtle is slow and steady with each and
2: every step, slow and steady wins the race. The concept is to be consistent and to produce
1: effective effort, and most definitely that will lead to success. If you know your starting point and what to expect, while also trusting in God,
2: you'll remain calm, cool, and collective through it all, throughout, throughout all. Just out of curiosity, are there
1: any things in life, Dane, that you've go that you've gone through and you've kept yourself in the slow steady progression and you saw success and anything
2: gaming mm. speak a little bit more about that well as the
0: famous saying goes you suck until you don't so mm. most games when you start on them especially if it's anything competitive you're gonna see people who are insanely good and then you're going to try to replicate the same thing and you're going to realize you suck. So <laughs> if you don't put the time or the effort into becoming better at it, I feel like that's with everything, to be honest. But um, there's levels to how good you can be at something. And sometimes you'll notice some people are so good at things that you don't even think it's humanly possible. You think they're cheating. So in order to get on that same level, you're going to start off slow and then try to progress and get better at it. And it takes a lot of frustration. It takes a lot of failure. It takes a, take a lot of um, losses, readjustments, and then eventually you just get better at it. Same thing with playing an instrument.
2: Um, yeah. Okay. That's a good example. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Has there ever been anything you've done
1: and you just never got good at it? And you just said, ah, oh, I guess this is not my thing, or that's unacceptable way of thinking? Oh, wow. 2
0: yeah. I I don't know. Every time I try to pick it up, it's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> yeah, that and uh, fighting games. Got you. Just never been very good at it.
1: Well, fair enough. All right. So I believe Paul said it best when he said this in Philippians chapter four. And a lot of us tend to skip verse 10 before we get to 13. But I think this background and call it background, but I think these verses and context leading up to verse 13 makes all the sense in the world. You don't just view it in one way. But I think it's viewed regardless of your predicament and situation. So let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13.
0: I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. (laughs) Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength.
1: Amen, amen. I think that's self-explanatory, right? Not much to really share there. But I would say that this verse has helped me tremendously because it gave me context to understand that learning to be content is the way of living life. Everything is not going to be smooth sailing. You know, you're going to want things that you can't have. You got to learn where to keep your fingers to yourself. You got to learn to endure when things don't go your way. And you got to learn to be humble when things do go your way. There are some people that when success hits, they all of a sudden forget the humble pill. The humble pie. And when things go terrible, some of them don't learn how to suffer and still keep it moving. So this is a verse. A lot of times you read verses. You got to process both sides of the end of it. And it can't just be a verse that is quoted when things are going well. It has to be a verse that is quoted when things are going wrong because it works on both ends of the the court, not just one. If turnovers happen on one side, it definitely is going to happen on the other side if you get careless. So let's look at verses 28 through 29.
0: And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toy nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So what is particular passage I did
1: some research right because it seems to be repetitive but there's an added element and that's the lilies and I found out that they are a very unique flower and it says that some of them are potent by wind while others are potent by bees first observation is when I asked myself is why and I came to the conclusion quite quickly that you know Must have been how God designed them. And he definitely had to design them that way. You know, scripture says Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these lilies, which raised the question. Well, why not? And I searched up what array means. So to be arrayed is to be placed in a particular way. Very simple, right? So God and his brilliance has arrayed lilies in an actually very unique way. God in his brilliance has arrayed lilies in a very unique way, just as humans are designed in a very unique way to reflect himself, creating his image. That's a different way. At the end of the day, he knows how his creation has the capabilities of providing substance to all societies and its usage over time, especially when it comes to culture. I read that lilies have been used medically and and in cuisine for centuries, which is an expression of the impact that God knew and Ford knew that it would have on culture. So let's go to verse 30, and this is what verse 30 says.
0: But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith?
1: Now we talked about value. And how God has placed this specific value on humans and also on nature. Because, of course, again, we were creating his image. So God knows that nature needs attention and that we need attention. He also knows that situations can get bad and difficult and unbearable. But one thing about God that has been consistent is that he wants us to trust him. And we do this by exercising faith. Now, I want to introduce something to you about the meaning of faith from a much more practical standpoint, and I'm pretty sure a lot of us are actually very much familiar with the biblical definition of faith, which is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. We find this in the King James Version translation. But I want to give you a working definition that might be more understandable, relatable, And makes more
2: sense when we think about faith. So faith has three aspects to it. It's a reason to trust. It's an enduring process. And it's an inherent foreknowledge. Faith has three aspects.
1: It's a reason to trust. An enduring process. And an inherent foreknowledge. So I want you to remember this. Faith is a reason trust because we have Hebrews chapter 11 to think.
2: If you haven't read the whole chapter, I suggest that you do so. It's an enduring process because God
1: wants us to move to the next level. So as a result, he needs to prepare you. So
2: some development and some growth needs to occur. It's an inherent foreknowledge because we were created to worship something.
1: So if it isn't God, it's most likely something else. If you think about it, throughout scripture, it's been idols. Throughout scripture, we can see how the Pharisees in particular loved money. So, unfortunately, it comes in an array of different things when we decide who we want to worship. And in some cases, it's ourselves. We see ourselves as gods occasionally, if we're not careful. So, with that being said, let's finish up, and we're going to combine verses 31 to 34, because I think there's a reality that needs to be shared right now. So we'll do that. Daniel?
0: Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
1: All right, beautiful. So I believe when we reflect on our individual lives, there is a lot to gain and a lot to take note of. One of the things I have discovered about mine and believe it can be very similar if not along the lines, what the human experience is all about is the subjectivity to fixed realities.
2: There's a subjectivity to fixed realities that we all have in the human condition.
1: Now, some of those examples would be. Experiencing and knowing that there is a beginning and an end. I believe most of us are looking to live a long life, but there's a possibility that you can have a short life lived.
2: That is what a fixed reality looks like. There will be a rise and fall of
1: kingdoms and governments. That's a fixed reality. We see that historically. Regardless of the kingdom that we research, whether it's world history, whether it's Greek mythology, regardless of what you look at, whether it's fairy tale stories, folk tale stories, nonfiction, there's a rise and a fall of kingdoms and governments. We see this also in scripture. We know in scripture that God can. Put those in power. He can remove those in power. The truth of the matter is. There will always be uncertainties and insecurities. About the human condition. This is why the question was raised. And Jesus raised it profoundly and necessarily. He said. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? That's the thought process that humans go through regularly. It's the human desire to want to know. And the feeling to know. Scripture says, your Heavenly Father knows what you need before you ever ask them. In fact, you should know this. Nothing ever occurs to God. Nothing ever occurs to God. When the Israelites were in the desert, God knew they needed something to eat. So what did he give them? He gave them manna. Scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The tough reality is the issue today, even in history's past, is people have a big issue with the path of faith because it requires the enduring process that
2: I spoke about earlier. The truth of the matter is people want information about the future, and in some cases, they want it now and by any means necessary. This is one of the reasons why people have elected to explore other belief systems.
1: They don't like the uncertainty about their future. And being told that they need to have a reason, trust,
2: and faith in God does not meet their criteria of comfort. Everyone is not on board with the process of waiting on the Lord. We get this in
1: Romans 8, 25, and this is what it says.
0: If we hope for what we do not see, we will wait for it with patience.
1: Unfortunately, some people want to completely bypass the process God wants to take them through in order to build their
2: character and their patience, which in a lot of cases is there to protect you. This is why currently
1: new agent, new ageism has arrived. This is why some people seek out spiritualists, palm readers. They look to do Terry readings, psychic readings. They want to tap into African spirituality. That's ancestor communication. They embrace witchcraft, spiritual guides. They even come across, come across crystals. The truth of the matter is a lot of people over time, have been obsessed with the supernatural. Instead of searching the scriptures, they're looking for an experience all the time. Or they've had an experience, and they're trying to tap back into the experience. These are some of the things that are going on currently outside of the Christian context and belief systems that they gravitate towards. And some people, they just feel fulfilled about it. And as believers of Christ, We have to respect what it is that they're doing. They're entitled to do these things. But scripture is warning us about it, so it's important that we don't remain ignorant, that we're well aware of what's transpiring and what makes us different. Now, we need to remember these fixed realities as well. As human beings, we will always be limited in our knowledge. That's why we place our faith. And God, which, in my opinion, makes a lot of sense. Life will always be unpredictable. And I say this because you can take a path to work every single day. And one day, maybe the train stops working. Maybe somebody gets sick. You may be late. Maybe you're driving and there's a red light. You stop, but somebody keeps going and they on purposely kill somebody else. That's the unpredictability about life. There's been times I fixed my car. I think the car's great. I'm going somewhere and something else breaks down. That doesn't do away with all the great things that I did to maintain and keep the car. But life is unpredictable. Are there any unpredictable things that have happened to you, Daniel, that you can share that don't make sense
2: to you sometimes when it has happened? Predictable things. Ah, I gotta let go of a job while well, I was told I was being
0: I was doing a good job. I I think that was strange. Mm.
2: Um trying to think of anything that's not like non work related. I don't know, like, on the uh, things that say it's, like, unexpected. What
0: about fast food? Like
1: what about fast food? Is it unpredictable that you've ordered
2: something and it's been good most of the time? Oh. Um,
0: I remember those, I think it was, like, the Popeye chicken nuggets.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, no, the ghost pepper wings were supposed to be spicy and they were just, like, regular.
2: And did they ever so, change?
1: One day, yeah. it was much more spicy, and maybe somebody well, did something nah, different it, in the kitchen?
0: It, it, nah, I was expecting... That was unexpected. It was like, it just tastes like a regular piece of chicken. And so I just never ordered it again. But, <laughs> so, most of the things are pretty intentional. So, so you would
1: just say, hey, you, you told me this was spicy, and when I tasted it, I was sadly disappointed. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was like, oh. So nothing about it is actually spicy. It's just
2: you just
1: titled that yeah yeah that's what happens when you order on on unauthentic stuff it's like this expectation that you have that's gonna be amazing and it doesn't even touch a a, a grace the surface of what the expectation was supposed to be definitely got to change the title to that i think that happens a lot for me when (laughs) when i don't know if it's unpredictable but when i'm on youtube and they have this catchy thumbnail you click on it and it doesn't it it never addresses what the thumbnail was it's just
0: yeah i don't know i I guess that's yeah that could be unexpected too yeah
1: so it's unpredictable the point is life is full of unpredictabilities and a lot of times when they come up you have to just accept what the reality is like okay this is something that isn't expected and i gotta be able to mention and last thing is that you should be you should always have self-awareness of your own immortality. You got to know that it's, it's inexcusable not to know that eventually you will pass now god wants us not to be anxious about tomorrow but rather to take on each day one at a time and we find this in james chapter 4 verse 13 to 15 and this is what it says
0: now listen you who say Today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that.
1: Yeah, so God wants us to take it one day at a time, and trust in Him. And I can understand how this could be perplexed and it could be hard but it's something we need to understand and get quickly it wasn't on purpose when jesus told his disciples in the gospel of john chapter 16 verse 12 to
0: 14 this i have many more things to say to you but you cannot bear to hear them now but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth full and complete truth For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son. And he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. He will glorify and honor me because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. By the way, that's the Amplified Version. Now,
1: key sentence towards the end of verse 14 says he will disclose to you what is to come. In the future he will disclose to you what is come in the future this is why scripture says blessed of poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven the whole point is the reliance on god's reign rule and authority in life is where we must live and be comfortable at it. so i close by saying this in life there are going to be uncertainties and insecurities about the human condition There's going to be situations and cases in society where there seems to be a much more prevalent topic at hand that seems to be valued. There are going to be points and times where people are going to value things much more than it needs to be valued. The purpose is we need to be aware of that. We need to be mindful of that. And we need to respond correctly when those situations arrive. Don't be alarmed. Don't be worried. Don't think of it in a negative fashion. Just look at yourself as a person that's just making the necessary adjustments in order to continuously proceed yourself in life to do the right things. Is there anything else, Dan, you want to add before we go to devotional time?
2: No, not really.
1: All right, this was fun. This was great.
2: Yeah, it was and awesome. yeah, with that being said, we'll jump right into devotional time. Damn. In the book of Psalms,
0: chapter 42, verse 5 in the NIV, it says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my savior, and my God. Do you ever look at the difficulties and trials in your life and then start talking to yourself? At some point or another, you may have thought, there's no way out of this. I mean, things aren't going to get better, at least not anytime soon. This is just the way things are going to be for me, and there's nothing I can do about it. And this just isn't fair. You know, devil's advocate, you play victim sometimes. Ever had? Conversations like that with yourself. Well, I want you to think about it like this you know, to be careful not to listen to the voices of the world and of the devil, but it's also important that you don't allow your own voice to drown out your Heavenly Father. When you find yourself muttering about the hopelessness of your situation, turn your attention to the Lord, who is big enough to take control of everything going on around you. And just to add on to that, you know, sometimes it's not the devil, sometimes it is you. I know we like to blame the devil for everything, or it's the evil spirit. There's something with you, but sometimes it's you. And I think taking a hard look at ourselves can prevent us from being in situations where we are drowning in our, our Heavenly Father's voice. So as the Apostle Peter said, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. So, here's a prayer to help you throughout the week. Dear Lord, forgive me for dwelling on my difficulties and thinking negative thoughts. Help me to trust that you will turn these situations around and help me not to lose hope. Transform
2: me by the renewal of my mind and all in agreement say amen. Amen.